Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun owners in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so today, man, we got a packed show for you. We have um, inside the studio, we're going to have Jamie Hammonds of Dash documenting Austin streets and homeless. And also, we're going to have Gary Faust inside the studio. We're going to talk about investigating in the possibility of a serial killer in Austin, Texas. And the possible killer has been named the Ladyburg Lake Killer by a Facebook group that has now amassed over 50,000 members. And the Ladyburg Lake Killer is allegedly drugging young men on Rainy Street and drowning them in nearby Ladyburg Lake. Austin police are denying the potential of a serial killer. Also, independent journalist Taylor Blunt is going to join us on the show to talk about the guilty verdict in the Daniel Perry murder trial and Governor Greg Abbott's vow to pardon the Army sergeant. So Daniel Perry has been convicted of murder. He's been acquitted of deadly conduct, but convicted of murder of Garrett Foster, um, who is participating in a Black Lives Matter protest. Uh, in Austin, Texas, back in 2020, if you didn't know. And so this is that sergeant, United States Army, who was working part-time for Uber, and he was down on 4th Street making a right turn onto Congress. When he made a right turn, there were protesters in the roadway. He was inching forward trying to get through the protesters. They surrounded his vehicle, pounded, kicked on his vehicle, and Garrett Foster had an AK-47. This is like 9 or 10 o'clock at night. He had an AK-47 screaming, get out of the vehicle, get out of the way, or something of, something to that effect, with an AK-47 blocking traffic on Congress Avenue at 10 o'clock at night with a face mask and tactical gear on. And Daniel Perry has been convicted of shooting him and killing him. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts? Well, Texas has a stand-your-ground law, right? Yes. And the governor is citing that. And talking about pardoning Daniel Perry already. Right. So the governor has come out and he says he's going to pardon Daniel Perry. He's going to do it 
as soon as humanly possible uh, to get this pardon done and completed. But there's a process. Uh, the governor has to go through the you know the parole board, and then they have to send the paperwork to the governor, and then he's able to sign it. The governor of Texas very limited powers. You know, there are only things that he can do, but his powers are very limited and controlled by different little you know things in in our government the way things work. And so it's not like the president. The president can pardon anyone at any moment in time. You know, just a flick of a pen and a little bit of ink. You know, but the Texas governor, you know, has to go through a process. It has to be sent to him from the parole board, and then he's able to pardon him. And so everyone's upset. You know, first people were upset because Daniel Perry was convicted. Now you have the other, the other side upset because they're, you know, they're saying, why? You know, the jury has done their job. You know, jury of his peers has convicted him. They weighed the evidence. And they've come down with a verdict, you know, of guilty, and they feel that the governor should let it stand. What do you guys think? I think it's going to be interesting to see how Austin responds if he does actually issue the pardon. I think that's going to be, in my opinion, that's going to be the most interesting issue is what happens. Protest, riot. That's what I'm looking at and I'm kind of worried about for sure. Yeah. And so, uh, what do you think about the fact that, hey, you know, Garrett Foster had a right to the Second Amendment. You know, he had a right to open carry an AK if he wanted to. He had a right to wear a face mask if he wanted to. What about that? Well, you're not given the right to threaten people with your gun. There are certain things you cannot do when you have that gun on you in public. Right. Absolutely, he has a right to the Second Amendment. Absolutely, he has a right to open carry AK-47. Yeah. Absolutely, he has a right to wear a face mask and tactical gear if he wants to. Absolutely. But do you have a right to block someone else's path, another citizen, from going about their way? Do you have that right? Are you, you know, do you, are you supposed to, you know, do you, you know, he has a right to be in a car, you know, Daniel Perry on a street and driving on the street. Uh do you have a right to stand in his way and block his path as a pedestrian with an AK-47 kicking his vehicle and threatening with an AK-47? You can't protest the cops, ladies and gentlemen, and act like the cops. That is my problem. You don't protest the police and act like the police. And I'm sick of the mainstream media trying to paint this as a black-white situation. This is not black-white. They're saying, oh, my goodness, Daniel Perry, Sergeant United States Army, saw they shot a and killed a Black Lives Matter protester. This is a white guy. He was the whitest of the white. Red hair. He was Conor McGregor white, <laughs> okay, who was shot and killed. Stop making this a black-white issue. Yes, it was a Black Lives Matter protest, but guess what? 99% of the people that were in the protest were all white, not black. Let's keep it real. All right, so don't make it a Black Lives Matter issue. Don't make it a black-white issue. This is a stand your ground. This is a you have a right to the castle doctrine to defend yourself. I'm in my vehicle. I have a right to protect myself while I'm in my vehicle. If someone tries to enter my vehicle, someone tries to remove me from my vehicle. If someone tries to kill me while I'm in my vehicle, I can use force, a deadly force to stop them. I have a right to the stand your ground law. If someone's, if someone's attempting to commit aggravated kidnapping, murder, sexual assault, aggravated sexual assault, robbery, aggravated robbery, I have a right to stand my ground, defend myself. As long as I don't provoke them, as long as I'm not committing a crime, then I have a right to defend myself. I can use force, a deadly force to stop them. That is what we're talking about. You do not have a right to block another citizen's path. And so I don't think this case should have gone to the to the past the grand jury in the first place. They should have no built this young man, this Sergeant United States Army. It never should have gone to trial, never should have been handed over to the jury. It never should have gone to this extent. 
And I do think the governor should pardon this young man. You know, you got to look at the totality of everything and look at our laws. Get yourself out of your little feelings and look at what the law says. Law says we have a stand your ground law. You can defend yourself. You have a right to, um, to protect yourself in three places. There are three places in this state that you should feel safe in. That is your home. That is your vehicle. And that is your place of business because you have a right to protect yourself in those places. And that is what the Texas law says. If you don't like it, I suggest you go to the Capitol and you change the law. That's how it's done. But I guarantee you this week, I'm, I'm betting by Tuesday, this young man is going to be pardoned by the governor and there's nothing to do about it except take to the streets. You want to take to the streets, you want to march, you go ahead and you march. All of a sudden, these people on the left are so in support of people open carrying rifles now. All of a sudden, yesterday or day before, last week, they are talking about banning ARs, banning AK-47s. But now, we don't want to ban ARs, AK-47s. We're talking about, yes, you have a right to open carry an AK-47 with a face mask, tactical gear block traffic, and threat someone with a gun while they're trying to go about their day. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talkin'. Peace, this is Maj Pure. You're listening to Come and Talkin' Radio with Michael Cargill. You're very good. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're talking about the Austin serial killer. We're also talking about the murder trial of Daniel Perry, Sergeant United States Army. Um... When his vehicle that he was driving for Uber and Lyft drove into a protest and ended up shooting and killing one of the protesters. All right, so we actually have a, an interview by a friend of Garrett Foster uh, that I want to play for you. And, I, and by the way, our call in number is 512 643 5483. Our call in number is 512 
646-643-5483. Give me a call. I'd like to know what your what your thoughts are on this Garrett Foster. Um, this case, uh, the uh, the Daniel Perry murder trial. That's 512-643-5483. 512-643-5483. Now take a listen to this interview of one of Garrett Foster's friends. Do you have a strong opinion, I take it? I mean, I... I'm all, I'm here, I'm all here for it. I'm, I'm all for I, it. <laughs> I, I knew Garrett. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay, I'm here with Julia at the Texas State Capitol, and we are asking about the... The Daniel Perry decision that was dropped yesterday around 5 p.m. And I just want to ask you a few quick questions. Are you, do you identify as a Democrat, Republican, or something else? I would say closest to Democrat, but. Do you, do you agree or disagree with the result of the trial? Um, I agree with parts of it and disagree with parts of it. Um, I think that it's a little more complicated than just black or white, but. Okay. Uh, do you want to elaborate on that? Um, I think it's good that he was charged, but I think that there could have been more action. And, and more action against Daniel Perry? Yeah. What, uh, he was he was found guilty of murder. What 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 more would you would you mean? Wasn't uh, so. I also I don't know. I wasn't watching the trial. I wasn't paying all of the attention. Um, so there was something with um, like the car that was involved and more specifics on that, but I mean, yeah, I support he was found guilty of murder, and that's good. How do you feel about guns? I don't like them. If there would have been, would have been no firearms whatsoever in this situation, that it would have been a different outcome? I don't know. I'm not really here to play what-ifs. I, I can't tell you, oh, what if this, what if that? I don't know. What if we all had blue skin? Then we'd have blue skin. Well, if everybody had blue skin, uh, well, there wouldn't be any racism. Racism is more complicated than just skin color. Okay, great. There we go. We got it right there. Oh, God. Okay, I need some... What crack is that person smoking? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. All right, so once again, our call-in number is 512-643-5483. Definitely give me a call. Uh, I I see people have a lot of opinions online. People have a lot of opinions on Twitter. They got a lot of opinions on Instagram, a lot of opinions on YouTube, a whole bunch of opinions on Facebook. Give us a call. I'd like to hear what your thoughts are. You'd like to hear what you, you have to say about this uh, this murder trial here in Austin, Texas. And the fact that the governor is going to uh, pardon Daniel Perry as soon as he possibly can, as soon as humanly possible. And someone's saying uh, that Garrett um, – well, you know what? Let's play the, the – I don't know if we can find the video of the actual um, – the incident there. I think we can pull that up and, and play that. Yeah, but what, what are your thoughts of, about this case? Well, you know, I, I think the facts are, are pretty clear. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a lot of strong opinion online right now. but Very uh, strong opinions. You know, uh, Garrett Foster definitely had a right to carry that rifle. Uh, but Absolutely. where he went wrong is pointing that rifle at a man. Uh, you know, the, the guy, Daniel Perry, had a right to be driving where he did. Absolutely. They did not have a right to be blocking that roadway. And uh, I'm going to if, if it was me and I was in that same situation and a mob had mobbed my car and then I see a gentleman with a rifle pointed at me, I would defend myself as well. Absolutely. I think any person in that situation would do the same thing, honestly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I agree 100 percent. You know, uh, you play, you know, you play games. You yeah. know, that's this is what happens. You know, the more you you mess around, the more you find out. It, it's shocking to me that it made it this far to a jury trial. 
you know right um, the, this you know texas is a is a stand your ground state and the laws are in place to protect the individual from just this sort of situation all right man people have a lot to say don't want to call in I, i'm curious what your thoughts are i want to know tell me what are you thinking our call-in number is 512-643-5483. A lot of keyboard warriors. A lot of keyboard <laughs> warriors out there. All right, so in, in the background, we're playing uh, the video of the actual incident. Um, uh, Daniel Perry makes that right turn from 4th Street onto Congress, heading south onto Congress. Um, for All of a sudden, people are like, you, you can't make a right turn. <laughs> Uh, if he can't make a right turn, they can't block the street. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I'm if, if, if the whole thing is someone saying, well, you know what? Daniel Perry, he made a right turn on red. He can't make the right turn on red. Well, guess what? They shouldn't be walking in the middle of the street of a major street in Austin and blocking traffic. Two wrongs don't make a right, people. It doesn't. I just think that anybody that was put in that same situation, even these keyboard, my social media is lit up right now over it. <laughs> even these people that are that that think that you know the right verdict was handed down, if they were in that situation and they were scared for their life, they would protect themselves as well for sure, hands down. Yeah. All right, and so uh, in a second here, we're going to go to the phone lines, and. See what our callers have to say, because it's there's a lot. <laughs> let's go. Let's go to Taylor. Taylor, what you got for me, Taylor? Hello, Michael. Hey, hello, how you? Michael. Well, I gotta say, one thing I learned in your CDL class is, um, if you put yourself in a situation to shoot, then you're not in your right. I wonder what Texas Law Shield would say about that. Mm. Uh, I do think that everyone that was there that was carrying a firearm should have had Law Shield. I do think they should have had a legal plan. And the reason I say that, and I, I say everyone should have had a legal plan. I'm not saying anything negative about Daniel Perry's attorneys. I'm not saying they did a bad job. I'm not even saying they did a good job. What I'm saying is you, as a person who's carrying a firearm, it is your job, your job to help your attorney out, whoever that attorney is. And that is once you've done something, you use your gun for self-defense, you dial 911, you call your attorney, and you exercise your right to remain silent and let your attorney do the talking for you. Uh, Daniel Perry messed up by, you know, everything that he said, you know, in the, in the room with the detective and statements and, you know, everything he was doing all wrong. You should not have done that. That's not what we talk about. So you got to have some type of legal plan whatsoever. And I call it like I see it. You know, when I think someone's right, I'll tell you you're right. When I think you're wrong, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. You know, both sides always get upset with me. And I don't care if you're on the left, you're right. Everyone gets mad at Michael. But I'm going to call it like I see it. He never should have made any statements to the police at all. Should have exercised his right to remain silent. Should have called, called his attorney and let his attorney do the talking for him. And don't so put yourself in those you situations. Me, personally, I'm not going to be in a, situ in a situation where I'm downtown Austin when I know there's a protest going on. Not going to put myself in that situation at all. Okay. Um, one thing I see people continuously gloss over in this case is the fact that they presented this even in court is that he had text messages and social media posts before this stating that he wanted to shoot someone and claim self-defense. Even his friend testified in court. Do you have, ex do you have exactly what, idea. do you have exactly what those text messages said? I don't have them, but I, I want to know exactly. I want to know exactly. Yeah. Evidence is that, right. That, 
convince the jury. It, I have the text that messages. This was, yeah. All right. Oh, you do? All right, he go said, ahead. Hey, Taylor, what's up? What's up, Gary? Zach. <laughs> All right, go ahead. So he said, I might have to kill a few people on my way to work. They are rioting outside my apartment complex. Mm. And he also so during... wrote, he also wrote, I might go to Dallas to shoot looters. <laughs> yeah, that's not so not smart. Say. Not smart. And, and that's and that's what did it for the jury, most likely. Oh, yes. That and the fact that he had a red light and people in front of on the crosswalk and decided to drive into them. Right. And I also see people say that he did pointed his weapon at them it is true that he had his rifle in low ready position but he did not point the rifle at him now let's now let's shot. let's flip this over a little bit gary foster also did an interview and uh prior the same night the night of um before marching up congress avenue he actually did an interview and he said some things i think we have that video as well let's go ahead, let's go ahead, let's go ahead and play that and listen to that real quick uh, it's uh, AK-47. Uh, what you got it out tonight? They don't let us march in the streets anymore, so got to practice some some of our rights. Cool, man. You feel like you're, you don't need to use it? Nah. I think the, uh, I mean, if I use it against the cops, I'm dead. And I think all the people that hate us and, you know, want to say to us are too big of a uh, stop and actually do anything about it so why'd you start carrying well our roommate got arrested and they stopped letting us march anywhere so started carrying all right, so Garrett Foster kind of, you know, he, he says right there, look, I, I'm not marching in the street. We can't march in the street anymore. So they knew they weren't allowed to be in the road because they said, hey, police don't let us march in the road anymore. Well, then why are you carrying the, the AK? Well, you know, if we point at the cops, we know we're dead. You know, but the other people, they're they're a bunch of whatever. And we can, you know, I can do whatever to them and they're not going to do anything about it. You know what? The more you the more you mess around is the more you found out. And he found out otherwise. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hi, this is Stephen Williford, the Barefoot Defender. I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so District Attorney, this is breaking news. District Attorney Garza releases a statement, finally. He said, in a state that believes in upholding the importance of the rule of law, the governor's statement that he will intervene in the legal proceedings surrounding the death of Garrett Foster is deeply troubling. In this case, a jury of 12 listened to testimony for nearly two weeks appending their lives to painstakingly evaluate the evidence and arguments presented by both the state and the defense. After hearing from civilian eyewitnesses and expert witnesses and deliberating for over 15 hours, they reached the unanimous decision that Daniel Perry did not kill Gary Foster in self-defense and was guilty of murder beyond a reasonable doubt. I thank them for their service and want them to know that their service and their service of every juror matters in our legal system and the jury that gets to decide whether a defendant is guilty or innocent, not the governor. This is a statement from uh, the district attorney of Travis County, uh, Jose Garza. Uh, And he goes on to say, make no mistake, without intervention from the governor, the defendant's conviction would be reviewed by both state and federal courts who will examine the record to ensure that no legal errors were made at this level and that the evidence supported the conviction. Our Constitution has built in protections to ensure that no defendant is convicted when the law or evidence does not support it. And this is a central tenet of our legal system. I want to thank Foster's family. I want to I want them to know that the Travis County District Attorney's Office will continue to fight for a justice system that treats everyone equally, including Foster. And once again, that is a statement from the District Attorney Jose Garza. Um. And he goes on and talks about um, some other things there, but it's more more of the same thing. So, man, it's it's and, and once again, I want to tell you our calling number is 512-643-5483. That is 512-643-5483. Uh, definitely give me a call and let's let's talk about this. So the D.A. in Austin denounces efforts by Governor Abbott to pardon Army Sergeant Daniel Perry in the shooting of an. Um, of an armed individual participating in a Black Lives Matter protest. And so we went back and forth now. We've read this, you know, the tweet uh, or social media posting that Daniel Perry actually said. And we also played the video of uh, Garrett Foster, the interview that he did prior to being shot that night. Um, and so... You know, you can't you can't talk about one side and not bring up the other side. You got to look at them both and look at them evenly. You know, two wrongs do not make a right. Yes, Daniel Perry made a right turn on the red. Yes, Gary Foster and all the protesters were blocking traffic and banging and attacking vehicles. It is what it is. You can't bring up one side and not bring up the other side. You know, you can't protest the cops and then turn around and act like the cops all in the same breath. You know. I got a problem with that. And then stop trying to make this about color. You're trying to make this about 
Uh, Black Lives Matter. This is not a Black Lives Matter issue, especially when 99, 99% of people that were out there protesting were not black. So stop, stop making this a black issue. All right. And I'm done. <laughs> and I'm done with it. Okay. <laughs> now, you got anything else to say to me? I'll see you on social media. You can give me a call. All right. So now let's let's change gears. I want to talk about the um, let's get into the Austin serial killer. Man, is there an Austin? Is there a serial killer in Austin? Is there? Is there? Is there? I, We're I'm, looking at it. It, it, you know, uh, right now, if you're following the evidence, it, it, it could technically go either way. Uh-huh. Um, I, I kind of see where the police are coming from. But uh-huh. looking at the odds of this many bodies coming out of that one, you know, body of water, uh-huh. uh, all around the same age, circumstances are all the same. The odds are astronomical if okay. these are just accidents. All right. That's my opinion. on it. So we have an interview. We have an interview. There's an interview of a, we have an interview of a person that actually found one of the bodies. Yeah, uh, Thaddeus Quest. Uh, we talked to him. Uh, he found a body out on Lady Bird. Uh, very interesting. Uh, it, it's it's an interesting interview that we did, and uh, um, the guy is uh, the guy's kind of out there a little bit, but you know he found the body, and uh, uh, I think the interview will kind of speak for itself there. Okay. All right. So. I don't know if we're able to play that interview. All right, let's go ahead and listen to this interview of uh, the one the guy, the guy that actually found one of the bodies on Ladybird yes. Lake. Yeah, he found this on uh, early January. All right, just want you to give us a walkthrough of of what happened when you got here and all the events that precipitated after that. Well, I had become part of a group chat. Uh, you know, a cannabis enthusiast group chat on Facebook, and so I decided to take a get high group chat. A right. get high group chat on right. Facebook, so I decided to take them down to one of my local Austin get high spots. You know, where you go and you have your safety meeting with your friends, and there are a lot of beautiful spots in town. And I like to be near the water and look at the skyline. And so um, I took them, and uh, you know, I went and found a spot down here. And I, as I was going to my actual spot to to smoke weed and take some pictures of the skyline i noticed that there was a what i thought at the time to be a homeless probably drunk passed out person laid out right. in the area and so i said and, and you thought they were you thought they were drunk or passed out because because uh there was a bottle of vodka there was an open bottle next to them and there was there was belongings of theirs that had been kind of strewn about and so I just figured with the homeless area, you know, the homeless issues that are going on in Austin, that this is probably a homeless person. And so they're just drunk and passed out. And, you know, we've all we've all had a relatively normal thing for a, drunk per, a, a homeless thing. person to do. Right? Yeah. And so I take a picture of the, the scene and I post it in the group chat stating this guy is in my spot. I can't really go and show you because this guy is kind of drunk and passed out here. So I'm just going to walk up to the bench and kind of do my thing. And then I'll take some pictures and post it later. Well, the group grew a little bit concerned from that time frame because, you know, the guy was just there and he hadn't moved. And, you know, I'd I'd stated that he hadn't moved for a while. And, you know, upon kind of thinking about it, he was getting a little bit more discolored as... Like turning... Turning grayish or purplish. I gotcha, okay. You know, when I went there, you know, I made a joke. (laughs) I made a joke in the group saying, like, this... 50-50 could be a dead person, but he's probably just a passed out homeless drunk okay. person, you know. 
and um, silly me. Uh, anyway, so the group decided to have me go check on them, and I, so I went and checked on them. And okay, I did gotcha. Things. So, so walk us through this yeah. now. So Th- through here. I'm coming down here, and normally this is a this is a safe place to go. Like this really is a safe place. There's not a lot of like homeless activity that necessarily goes on in this area because it's really kind of secluded. Right. But and this is where you go to get stoned and, and play guitar, I'm guessing. Guitar. I had my acoustic guitar with me, and I like to come over here and stand literally right here where the water comes and sit down. And you know, it's a beautiful shot right here of the skyline. And I've just been coming over here for the better part. So you're usually okay. sitting over here, and the body was over here. The body was here, the body was right here. And he was laid out in that quintessential, flailed-out fashion. Um, hey, duck. Um, and yeah, his belongings were here. The bottle was right here. Um, and I remember when I first came down here and I noticed him. I mean, like, I did notice that he was really passed out drunk if he was passed out drunk. That was the first thing that came to my mind. But I'm going to be 100% honest. I didn't want to deal with him at the time. I was in my own frame of mind. Right. You know, I work a recovery program, Cali sober. I don't do, I don't drink anymore. I don't do hard drugs. Cannabis and music is kind of where my, my thing is at right now. And um, I was going to leave his energy over there no, yeah, <laughs> for a little bit and come do my own thing. But then whenever we, I came over and I actually checked on him and I, I you know, I did this thing and there was no movement and I, I tried to call him and. I didn't touch him. I wasn't going to go that far. Okay. And I called 911, and um, I called 911 when I was kind of standing between here and there. And when I was on the phone with 911, right across here is when I noticed the guy in the, um, like, a black hoodie. And he wasn't, like, large or anything. It was just, just a guy in a black hoodie, just kind of super concerned about what was going on over here. Was was he here prior to you getting here? I, if he was, I don't remember. Like, mind you, I wasn't paying too much attention to that area. I had- Your just, focus is over I, in this room. This is, I was walking down here because this is my spot. Okay, you know? so, so did, what, what about this graffiti? So that's the, yeah, that's another thing. So when I posted the picture in the group chat, I didn't notice any of the graffiti on here, but then someone, pointed out that there's actually, you know, satanic graffiti here. There's like a 666. And whether or not this was here before the, the, the incident happened, I don't know. But the person who pointed that, that out did tell me that here, um, back in the, you know, the Riverside Montopolis area and all the homelessness, there is a known satanic, like cult type thing. There's lots of satanic, occult symbols that are graffitied in the um one of the tunnels that did are you there. but you didn't see anybody spray I painting see this. anybody come over here and spray paint or anything like that this was already here when i came over okay yeah, this was our the, everything and was the, the gentleman who was over here what did he look like i mean it was dark the sun had already gone down at this point it so was that guy dark. wasn't here when you first got here it was just this guy if he was here, he was hiding there waiting. Okay. Just hanging out. Gotcha. You know, but whenever I was over here and I started the phone call and I, I came over this way, he was extremely concerned about what I was doing over here. And then Did he say he anything was, to you? 
No, because he was gone before the police came. But he was looking at you and watching he what you were doing? He was definitely looking. I was looking for lights on the street. I was waiting for the police to come, so I was half paying attention to him, half paying attention to the lights, you know? Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and how, how long after you found the body did you actually call the police? Um, <laughs> maybe an hour and a half, maybe. Okay. An hour. Um, and, and that's... And I, that's how long after you realized the, that it was a dead body did you call the police? When I was 100% for sure it was a dead body, I called the police. Okay, gotcha. Um, <laughs> and there was a 50-50 chance. There were, we were, now, mind you, I'm just being 100 here. We were making jokes in the chat, lighthearted stuff, you know, like this could or could not be. You know, none of us really thought it was an actual past unalived person out here. But um, unfortunately, that's what the situation was. Um Were there any signs of physical trauma to the body? Were there, or were there needles around? There were no. Okay, there was no drug paraphernalia. Only the liquor. Only no, the vodka. Only the liquor. And then someone pointed out to me that the guy actually had like decent work boots on. His clothes weren't all messed up or dirty, and his belongings were actually quite nice. I think in the picture there's a laptop that's. All right, we come back from the break. We're going to finish this discussion. We're going to talk about this. Going to bring Taylor into this in discussion and everything. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talking. This is Coley on the War, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, we're back and we're talking about, is there a serial killer in Austin, Texas? And so we're listening to an interview of a young man that found one of the bodies. And he says, you know, he, he was there on the site, you know, where the body was. The, the guy was actually in his spot where he sits and chills and gets high and just enjoys the sights and stuff like that. But he says, he you know, he wasn't high. He's in rehab. But he'd been there for a whole hour with this body. Take a listen to the rest of the interview. He may not have been a homeless person. You know, he could have been a migrant worker. Or I don't know. What, but he, was it a was it a white guy? Well, when I found him, he was a gray guy. Um, so I want to say gray, white or Mexican. I okay. want to say he had short cropped hair. What about the guy over here? Was that? Uh, just, just a hoodie. All just I a, tell, that's all you could You couldn't tell the ethnicity. You, you just you could tell it was a male, though. I could tell it was probably a male. Yeah. Okay. And uh, there was no blunt force trauma to the head or, no, any, or blood or anything like that? There was nothing that would indicate that it wasn't just a passed out drunk person. Okay. So, so uh, did the body seem bloated? No. <sighs> I don't have a lot of experience with bodies, yeah, so I don't I have do a I. lot of frame of reference. But he didn't. I do notice. I did remember that from so, the time that I first found the body, the color had slightly changed. So, so I it could have been a freshly dead body. What did the yes. police say when the police got here? Um, they just asked what I was doing, why I was down here. Um, I just told him I was playing guitar. Um, well, the Austin police wouldn't care if you yeah, were smoking you know, pot anyway. Did you tell the police about the other guy that was here? I didn't because I didn't think about it all of this until after the fact. I was kind of in shock. I had posted the picture. And you were stoned. And I was stoned. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I'll, I'll, I'll lend you some, some... You know, if you want to... A buffer. <laughs> um, but I was also kind of in, in a little bit of shock. I wasn't really... 
I just tried to give them the information that they asked for so I could leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I, I know, yeah. And I, I, get, I get where you're yeah. coming from. Um, I've dealt with the police a lot, unfortunately. Uh, do, do, you, and do you think that this is connected to any of these other bodies they're finding? I don't have a lot of information about what's going on with the other stuff. Okay. But... Do you think this guy could have been drowned? And do you think that the dude that was here, very interested in what was going on, is at all related to this? He definitely wasn't drowned because there was no wetness. So okay. it wasn't something, it wasn't like the body was pulled out of the lake or anything like that. The guy, whatever happened, happened here where it happened. And I'm convinced that the guy that was over there definitely had something to do with it. And I just stumbled upon something as it. A potential the, murder, but. After the fact. Okay. That's just speculation. At gotcha. This point, okay, you know? cool. Well, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So, Gary. Okay, so off bat, I want to say that um, dilly dilly, we have been interviewing people. Me and Jamie have been interviewing people pretty much since we got in contact four days ago, and we've we've been mapping this out and seeing if there is a correlation, and even if there's some, we've been talking to people that have that have uh, had. Family members' bodies show up in Shoal Creek. We've researched this stuff. Uh, a guy that was out in Lake Travis. Um, but what we've concluded so far, just off bat, is that anything that's not happening in Lady Bird Lake is likely not related. Um, so anything in Shoal Creek generally is homeless people, with the exception of Lori Faber's brother, Randy yes. Lex. How do you say his last Lex name? Lexvold. Lexvold. And yeah, we have any pictures of that guy? Um, we do. It's, uh, it's in there in the, in okay. the, the yeah, it actually says Randy Lexville. Okay. Yeah. And, um, the, the method of murder for, or the method of death for all of these guys is they're all being considered being drowned. But he, and, and this is what was interesting about this is that there were a lot of discrepancies in this interview, right, Jamie? There was. With what he said. Yes. So I'll just say. Who's, who's Randy Lexville? Lori Faber's brother. He was a guy that was found in Shoal Creek. He had been thrown over the edge of the bridge. The police said it was not a hit and run, but his body was like he broke his femur. He broke. He Ooh, had a he, tough. he had a yeah, puncture he exactly. Mangled. He had a puncture through the uh, uh, above his right eye that was causing hemorrhaging. Um, a scooter was found near his body that was mangled, and and uh, and that bridge is only like fifteen feet tall, so it just it doesn't add up. The case isn't even closed. They suspended it, but. That's irrelevant for, for what we're talking about right now because what we've determined is that after interviewing Lori Faber, who, uh, you know, God bless her for doing the interview. I'm sure she's she's had to do that a number of times. It's very difficult to relive that. But um, she, uh, we don't think it's related to this situation, if there even is a serial killer at all. I want right. to make sure that that's been yeah, said. Right. There could be. There could not be. We're still, fi we're still uh, figuring it out. Um, however, I do think we are that, on the case. Let but, me tell you. Yes, come and talk. It is on the we're, case. We're gonna push. We're gonna push the Austin Police Department to figure this out and find um, find somebody. We and and I also will say that um, I do. I, but I do think that that uh, Randy Lexfold was murdered. Okay, with that out of the way. Okay. Um, this interview with Thad, very weird, very, a lot of discrepancies. And we have pictures of that. So so yeah, we have a picture of the body. That was found. This was found January. Now we're going to cover up the actual body because we're not yeah, yeah. that callous. You know, we're we're going to yeah, cover up the body. Yeah. Well, also, also, well, hold on, hold on. Let me let me walk you through this here. This body is unidentified. Yes, They're, they don't know who this is. Okay. They don't know if it's a homeless person. We we've done a FOIA. Well, Jamie did a FOIA request 
for the death certificate and the incident report to find out what the cause of death was. Um, as as Thad said, there was no. Because um, I look at that body, it doesn't look homeless. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. Well, he had a laptop. But, but, but hold on. But hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We we've interviewed so many homeless people that we know that there are homeless people out there. So I'm not going to jump to conclusions right. about that. But just let me give you the run through here, Mike. There was no physical trauma to this body that was visible mm -hmm. from what uh, Thad told us. However, he only saw the top of this body, number one. Number two, we don't know if there were drugs in this guy's system, which is something that you and I talked about. That we Toxicology think, report. We think these people have been drugged with GHB, and according to doctors that you spoke with, if you take a small amount of GHB with alcohol within 72 hours, yeah, it'll with knock alcohol. you out. With alcohol. It'll knock you out pretty much completely, and within 72 hours, it'll be out of your system. When a body is drowned in the river, it goes, it goes to the bottom, and and then it bloats, and it floats up three days later, which is very coincidental. So this could be, you know, someone with access to drugs or medical, um, has medical experience. But with this situation specifically, when, we, when Jamie originally talked to this guy, he said that the... The guy who, he said, first of all, it was a black guy. He didn't say it was a guy in black. Right. He said it was a black guy. And he said that the black guy was actively spray painting, tagging the trees with, with the, the satanic. At, at the time. Yes. At the right. time that he found it. Which right. is why we originally thought that that might be connected to Lori Faber's brother, Randy Lexfold, so because so because so there was also he has changed be, his story because there was also satanic symbolism found at Randy Lexfold's death site. However, this it, it's it's a different thing. There's a satanic symbol of death at Randy Lexfold's death site, and in this situation, it's six six six. And some other pictures. Can we put that the pictures up, Casey? We're, we're looking at them. Um, they they um, I I don't know what they are. So we're trying to crowdsource what the meaning of this is. Um with the exception of 666. But yes, Michael, to answer your question, a lot of discrepancies, story changed. However, however, I'm not saying Thad is a serial killer or that the guy that was there is a serial killer or whatever. He's a stoner. When we when he showed up to do this interview, the first thing he did was sit down to roll a, <laughs> roll a, a joint. Like he wanted, to, he wanted to tell me the story while he was rolling a joint. So that being said, and I've smoked a lot of weed, I... <laughs> When I'm stoned, I don't know what's going on half the time either. So I'm not going to put pressure on this guy saying he's a bad person or he's an idiot or he's the serial killer or something like that. Well, we don't have any doubts that he's not. I, I know this guy was there just to get high. There's yeah, no doubt for, in my mind yeah. about that. That's, that's you, don't think he, you don't think that it's possible that he could be the serial killer? The guy that found the body that we, you interviewed? No. Okay, okay. No. I'm just saying there no. have been situations where, the, where people that have I'm – not, and I'm not saying that it is. I'm right. just – I know it's speculation, and we should probably keep it to a minimum. But yeah. in the past, there have been like, like, like the police responded to, to um, you know. Can you go back? Go back. Hey, Casey, can you go back to the uh, the photo of the tree. Uh, tree police have responded to murders where the person who called the police was the murderer. Yep. That's that's all I'm saying. That I'm not saying that he's the murderer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I want to clarify that. That's, that's uh, I'm not I'm not saying that, Mike. I'm now, just, now, Dash, what do you think? Well. Uh, when it comes to Thad, Thad is obviously a very odd character. He is definitely a pothead. And later on, outside of the interview, he did tell us that he was a previous crystal meth user. So he's kind of out there. There is a chance that he could be involved in all this simply because, like Gary was very saying, slim. He found almost non existent. Called chance. it in. Right. Yeah. I mean, the chances are slim. But, but the reason I was saying that, though, yeah, but 
is let, be, is let him finish let him finish well the, the the what's interesting is that he didn't tell the police about the other guy there yeah which is where you were going which is right. what i was trying to say yeah yeah, right. yeah he uh he didn't tell the when when he reported it he didn't tell the police anything about this other character he didn't really tell the police much of anything uh and he's been he's been very upfront with us about that that uh you know he should have but again he was high and didn't think of it so um you know it's just the guy the thing that makes me uh, wonder about him is all this last week we've been playing phone tag with him uh, he'll drop off for two days at a time and then you know yesterday all of a sudden he pops back up and we just happen to be in the same area it's just a it's a very it, the circumstances I, I, surrounding I, him I, I, that we don't need to get into the weeds about that i think that's, that's just a timing thing what what we should be focused on is the fact that there's a potential suspect here that's the that's the key right. thing that we brought out of this right, potentially we, a black guy that was tagging satanic graffiti yes. For sure. On the tree by the dead body, and sure. then you, as you look at the the you know the the picture there, you'll see that's an up looks like an upside down symbol of a the female. Female, yes. that's what I. Yep. So, but we'll exactly talk about we're going to talk about that Facebook group and the people that are in the Facebook group. Going to talk about traveling nurses, doctors, Uber drivers, Lyft drivers. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Chad Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It, and now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back, and we're talking about is there a serial killer in Austin? Don't know, but we're on the case here. Uh, we're breaking this down for you. You're talking about the bodies that have been recovered. We're talking about uh, family members. We're talking about everything. Gary. Okay, so the main takeaway here for me from the uh, Thad interview is that it's very possible that since the body was face down, there was um, physical damage and, and blunt trauma to the underside of the body that Thad did not see. And he did say that there was a person there when he got there. So when he originally told Jamie in the text was that this guy was there actively spray painting satanic symbols on these trees. So this could potentially be occult related. But the reason that this is important is because it could mean that he potentially stumbled onto the serial killer, or in this case, maybe even an isolated murderer. Um, and it, and this killer is killing people by drugging them and then beating them to death. And then he's, he's basically throwing their body into the Ladybird Lake as uh, like a red herring to make it seem like they were they drowned. That's the takeaway that I got from this. I'm also not um, like an expert in all of this, but that's what I've been speculating. Um, other than that, Jamie's got a bunch of information on the other victims that we're thinking are potentially connected. Yeah, so we've got uh, Jason John and uh, Martin Gutierrez. Those are the two main ones that I'm focusing on right now, and that's uh, a, a lot of the reason is because they were uh, last seen in the same uh, area, which is on Rainy Street. Jonathan they, Honey? Uh, Jonathan Honey, yeah. As I'm just well. starting to look into Jonathan. Okay, most okay. of my information goes along uh, Jason Johns and Martin Gutierrez. Gotcha. I'm going to be talking to Martin Gutierrez's family on Monday, um, but... The demographics are the exact same. They, they, if you look at the pictures, they look a lot alike. They're around the same age. Um, they, uh, have their, their family, you know, as I've been speaking with them, do not believe that they accidentally just fell off in the water and drowned. They think there is something more to it. And, uh, you know, talking to them, 
uh, the, you know, these, these men are in the bars, they're drinking, uh, and then they just poof, they're gone and they're found days later in the water. So the, the odds of this actually happening and it just being an accident, I mean, it's always possible that, that the, the, what the police are saying is right. And that this is simply just an accident. Um, but if you look at the odds of all males all around the same age, uh, their physical appearances are all the same and the circumstances surrounding their death being the same. In such a short amount of time, the odds are astronomical if this is just an accident. I need to take that to Vegas. And and exactly. there's also Christian Pugh, who was um, found alive, actually. Yes. He disappeared for three days. Um, he was found in a bush, but he came to town to see Tom Segura um, perform stand-up in 2018, yep. I believe. Yep. And he got drunk, disappeared for three days, and he was found in what the news uh, said was rough shape, quote, rough shape. And what's interesting about this guy is that we reached out to his family. They told Jamie that he's been traumatized by all this and he doesn't want to talk about it. But then we found footage of the Honeydew podcast online where he's joking around about having disappeared for three days. So it's contradicting statements there. They definitely protected him a little bit. Right. But but, um, again, this is interesting because if he was beaten and left for dead and he was drugged with that small amount of GHB, he was found three days later, even if they would have drug tested him, it would not have showed up. Would that actually get metabolized out of your system if you're dead? He was alive, though. Christian Pugh. But if you you get the GHB and then you die a couple hours later from it, or from drowning, and then don't days know. pass. Well, does, I, I then don't Michael, does GHB leave your system? Still? Well, Michael, you were saying don't, that don't know if once you're dead, the, it think, stops metabolizing. The, I would think wait, so. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, but Michael, you said that the GHB is is I, out of your system after three days if you're when they're finding these bodies, so it doesn't matter. But well, also the you're GHB is not part you're... of their toxicology test. Uh, oh yeah, you know not. their normal toxicology mm-hmm. screening. It's more of just your your normal street drugs. And I have a FOIA in. For that to see exactly what they're testing for on a normal toxicology screen. That's a good idea. But to my knowledge, they are not testing for that. Okay, well then maybe I was misinformed. I thought you said that that these dead bodies, they're that after three days the drug still is out of the system. But you're saying it's not. Well, I would think that if you die, then Once you die, this everything time, stops. Every, you're not yeah. metabolizing anything. Exactly. But if and you're alive, can you look that up at, like right now? I'll do it. Let's go. Let's go to Taylor. Taylor, let's bring Taylor into the conversation. Hello. Okay. So as someone who is work service in the street down here and also lives on Rainy Street, is in, and I'm also in the target demographic, it does highly disturb me, these disappearances, and they becoming have become a little more frequent. So I would like to say, while I've been out here, I have been drugged twice, once on Rainy and once on Dirty. I, got, I, I also past, got drugged on Dirty as well. Mm-hmm. So in the past, about year and a half there have been multiple arrests from people out of state who have been drugging and robbing people mm. down here interesting mm. interesting and it's it's not uncommon but it usually happens to women but it does happen to men and one thing i'm going to say is when you're walking from the bars after two o'clock the only place you're going to be able to pee or anything is going to be in the woods next to the lake mm. So you know, it could be it could be somebody people left and were just put went to go pee into the lake and were pushed in, mm. and that could even be the mo of the killer. But that, of course, there's no way of even telling that. So in that dark area yeah, over by the bridge is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. 
And the APD has released a statement saying there's no foul play, but in police investigations, as more evidence comes about, they can, of course, change that to the change their tune there. Yeah, they, of course, can have changed what they believe. Yeah, but there was yeah. there was one Jamie, which victim had been hit in the head and had brain swelling? Uh, that would have been Martin Gutierrez. Yeah, he uh, had uh, a blunt force injury to the back of his head uh, when he was found. When was this? Uh... Uh, let me see here. We have a we have an entire chart. Oh, with, quick with question, Taylor. You live on Rainy Street. Yes, sir. And you and seem I, honestly, to know how the killer I, I... would think. So, are you the serial killer? No, definitely not. So I do okay. like to take the walk around the uh, trails at night during after bar close. I have never seen anyone else out there. So I'm they, usually armed. So you're really painting the, a target on your. The back medical there, examiner's office found that there was a uh, bruise or lower part of Gutierrez's head. No skull fracture. This injury is listed as blunt force trauma to the back of the head. Mm. ME's office notified. Which is exactly what Taylor just said. Right. Basically, and that's and and that's good enough to knock somebody unconscious. For so sure. and so all you would have to do is have them fall in the water face down, and they, they would die. And isn't that how they found one of the bodies? Martin Gutierrez. So, so if yeah. someone gets drunk, they get separated from their group, and then you know, it prior to getting separated, someone slips something in their drink. Let's say someone's standing next to them at the bar, um, slips something in their drink. Uh, they ended up, you know, coaching them to get out, walk outside, coach, coaching them to walk down the street toward where the lake is. Right. Uh, that person's so out of it, they're losing it. And they just get a, a fascination of watching someone just die and push them in the lake just to watch them die, if, you, if that's your fascination. Very well possible. Yeah. It sure. is strange that it is the, the same demographic as well. And it's funny how there's a, there's a Facebook group. Oh, yeah, and, I'm very, and I'm very, killer and group, I'm very, yeah. subs, you know, I'm, I'm suspect of this, this, this Facebook group is sus to me. Yeah, that group has exploded in the last week. What's, I what's the name it, of it again? I think it's called the Lady Bird Lake Serial Killer. I yes. joined yes. it last yes. weekend. They had roughly three to 4,000 members. And as of the last time I looked at it, it was up close to 30,000. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> some of the, it's, it's at 60,000 now. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. They blocked wow. me off of there. Go ahead, Taylor. What are you going to say? Why they blocked you off of there? Yeah, what? I'm not sure why, but they did. What, what were you gonna say, Taylor? That is very strange. I was gonna say all the ad- I'm looking at the thing right now. All the admins and moderators, besides one person, is a woman. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very, very sus group. Uh, the the uh the mod the mods on there, they're all uh very particular about what's allowed to be posted. It mostly just seems to be gossip, drama, mm-hmm. and like faux activism, but. Any, I mean, I tried to post the interview in there. It hasn't been accepted. Jamie got booted from the group completely. I tried and then, to post the interview in there. And you didn't get accepted either. I didn't get it. They wouldn't accept Michael, me Michael, what, what do you think about the group? You told me you had thoughts about this earlier. Yeah, if there's a serial killer, the way this group is acting, when you read the different posts, I'm finally in the group, but when you go through and read the thread and everything, um, if, if there's a serial killer in Austin, that killer's in that group. In the group, for sure. That killer's in that group. And a lot of people have been mentioning that, and I think they're restricting posts now of people mentioning that, which is weird. Um, and I'm not saying it's like a big cabal of of uh, evil women that are drugging. You're probably one of the admins. I'm but, not. Yeah. One, I'm not 100 sure there's a serial killer in Austin, but I'm saying that if there is a serial killer in Austin, and that person is pushing people in the lake and doing something to people, drugging them or whatever, I'm saying they're in that group. 
Well, what was odd is last weekend, they specifically came to Twitter and invited me to the group. The owner of the group did. I went and joined. I made two posts. Wait, what? Yeah, I made two posts on there. And then they kicked you out. Basically, the two (laughs) posts were just asking if you have any information, email me at this. They accepted the post. They were on. And then I went to try to look when we were working the other day, and I was blocked. Well, I have I have a feeling that there's. Um, I'm telling that group is that group is really right. sus. I think there's a. It's got something to do also with like uh, political politics. Like sure. I, I I think there I think that since you mentioned on Twitter that you had worked w- briefly with Infowars yeah. in some capacity, uh, I think that maybe those those women that are running it don't like Infowars. And we come back there's from the break. Chance. We're going to talk about this and more. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. And I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, not sure if there's a serial killer in Austin. We're not not convinced just yet. But if there is, I'm definitely sure he's in that Facebook group that we talked about. For sure. Uh, and, you know, is this person a traveling nurse, if there is? Is it a doctor? Is it a police officer? Someone that has access to the drug? Is it someone that's, you know, that has a fascination of just, you know, standing next to someone at the bar, <laughs> dropping something in their drink, falling them out to the lake and pushing them in the lake? You know, and watching them die. Is, is that it? I'm not sure. Uh, is it someone that's been arrested, you know, is a repeat offender in the system already? And our district attorney, Jose Garza, has let this person out of jail and, and walking amongst us right now? I bet you most likely, yes, that person may already have a record if they're hanging out down there. Um, not sure. Gary, what do you think? I think that... That's very possible as well. Um, they do say that people get involved in the investigations when they're of the uh, serial killer descent. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't think it's genetic. But um, but they do get involved, allegedly. I don't, I'm not an expert on any of this stuff. Um, but recidivism rates, and in Austin, people feel like they can kind of get away with whatever they want because the police are defunded, which I'm still a proponent proponent of because I haven't gotten a speeding ticket in a long time. <laughs> But they've been funded again, though, right? They got refunded. Yeah, they got refunded. Oh, what they said? They got even more money. They got even when more they money. Defunded. Yeah, they got more money. But they just don't care now, or what? It's it's called um. There's a term for it. It's called um, quiet quitting. Quiet, oh. quiet quitting. Quiet, quiet quitting. I've heard that term before. Um, I will also say this. So I did. Uh, I did go around Rainy Street and Sixth Street last night around eleven till till one a.m. and interviewed a number of people about what their thoughts were on this and we'll be we'll be having we'll we'll air that next show Mm -hmm. um and then i did actually ask two police officers what they thought and they said they said you know it's just under investigation but um they said you know it is what it is They, they, they didn't have any they didn't have any conclusions to give me but they were they were receptive to me yeah people are people are definitely being drugged on sixth street they're definitely being drugged on rainy street and someone is taking advantage of that you know watching these people you know walk around there's a there's a video we we had in our parking lot that we showed in this show of uh two people that were in the parking lot of of of, of the gun store central texas gunworks who were high on something oh and yeah just randomly, the zombies zombies like walking around mm-hmm. the parking lot 
And so, you know, what if these people are in that state, that mindset, and someone comes along and just takes advantage of them? Yeah. Because they didn't know where they were. They were just like literally walking around our parking lot like zombies. And so if, if these people are drugged to that point, then it's very easy yeah. to take advantage of them. So Jamie and I have our work cut out for us this week. Absolutely. Um, and then you said there's, I think well, on the break, you said there's the bump stock. There's an update? Yeah, hold on, hold on. Let me go back to Taylor. Taylor, you got anything about this stuff? Uh, no, I don't really have any more about it. I think we need to wait and kind of feel it out. Okay, you might want to be careful your, yourself. You live there on Rainy Street. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's true enough. Yeah, all the trust fund babies. Be careful, trust fund babies out there on Rainy Street. <laughs> all right, what do you think, Dash? Yeah, I mean, uh, this coming week is going to be a big week. We've got some interviews coming up with family members. Hopefully we can get some uh, new information. I've uh, got some more to talking to Lori Faber to do, and uh, we'll see what comes I do want to mention we were going to have somebody on the show today, remember? And they actually backed out. Yes. One of yes. the family members. I'm not going to say who. But. And as, as we get you know, as we get closer, you know, we're pushing this. This all started here on the show. This all yep. started on Come and Talk. We started talking about this weeks ago, you know, months ago, whatever. We started talking about this. this is a possibility. Could this be it? You know, we mentioned it. <laughs> And then we did another show on it. And then all of a sudden, guess what? The Austin Police Department releases a statement about it. Yeah. Yep. You know? So, you know, and it was, uh, hey, they're, they're, according to the Austin Police Department, they said that the Austin Police Department is aware of, a, of speculations regarding the recent drownings in Lady Bird Lake. Although these cases are still under investigation and evidence is being analyzed at this time, there is no evidence in any of these cases to support allegations of foul play while each incident has occurred at the lake, the circumstances and exact locations and demographics surrounding these cases vary. Our investigators approach every case with an open mind, objectively examining all available evidence. We work closely with the Travis County Medical Examiner's Office, uh, which conducts a parallel investigation into all deaths. The medical examiner performs autopsies in each of these types of death investigations. The results of these autopsies have not revealed any trauma to the bodies nor indication of foul play. One common theme of the drownings in Austin this year is the combination of alcohol and easy access to Lady Bird Lake, which has numerous access points. Many of the access points can be challenging to see at night, and the parks in which <laughs> the most of these drownings have occurred are park areas that close at 10 p.m. and occur after the park closes and we advise the public to follow the rules on park closures. So their thing is to just make sure you follow the rules and stay out of the park after 10. And uh, you won't drown. You know what's funny? Taylor, you actually forgot to mention what we talked about earlier, and that is that um, Taylor was speculating that um, that that the that there's a bunch of companies, developers, buying up property on Rainy, and they're trying to, um, you know, utilize this this uh, scare to drive prices on Rainy down, so they can buy up those last houses. Ooh. That's a good point. I never even thought about that. Wow. Dun, dun, dun. That, that is true. And thanks for the talking there point. There has been a bit, a bit of down thing, but people. This area is still hot for people buying. It's like they don't. They're, they're kind of ignoring it because there's still a lot of speculation around this. But I have heard it has scared a couple people out. I can imagine it would too. I mean, wow, yeah. that's an interesting. Uh, that's, that's an pretty, interesting. It's pretty take. smart too. Yeah, pretty but, smart. But, but even if business guys, it's disconnected. They could still be using it to their advantage. You know, 
Right. So, exactly. so you can't really connect the dots there just yet. Well, here's the thing too. I mean, the cat's out of the bag on this. You can't really put the uh put it back in the bag or whatever the saying is. Um, <laughs> if there is not a serial killer, we won't really ever know that. No, we won't. So And I just want to say that there is always a chance that the police is right and that yeah. they're, you know, that, that this is just a series of accidents. I mean, it's very possible. You know, you follow the evidence and see where it goes. So, you know, it's very possible. Yeah, well, some of these don't make any sense, though. Like, sure. like even though this isn't related directly to this, Lori Faber's brother clearly was, was I think he it was, was a potentially a hit and run. Yeah, he was, be- I mean. And and not only that, but she remember she said she got an, she had gotten an email from somebody that was like, hey, this person was was actually bragging about having killed this guy. Yeah. Uh, not totally related to the Ladybird thing. I'm just saying there's a bunch of very, very suspicious circumstances and the, uh, I'm just, I'm not. There's I'm a not, lot of strange deaths. I'm not satisfied with, with what the police are telling us. Yeah. Now, there, you, remember the case of uh, Justin Hayden? He actually was killed by a guy that drove in, came in from, like, Colorado somewhere, from out of state. And remember when the police were doing their investigation, they showed up at the house, and the police thought the wine stains, um, well, well the st- they thought the stains on the wall were actually wine stains, and they were actually blood, blood. stains. Yeah. You know, so investigators make mistakes. For sure. They make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, yeah and, and that's not saying that the that APD's not really doing their job. I'm not I'm not in any way saying that. I'm just saying they could just have come to the incorrect conclusion on some of these. Right. Uh however, I also will say in that Facebook group, they're uh-huh. trying to connect every death everywhere to this. Everywhere. And that is also not accurate whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, going all the way back to like misdirection. We have three bodies <laughs> that we think that might be connected. The, yeah. On the Facebook group, they're saying there's people in Houston and it's the occult. And all this other stuff, which yeah. is, that is dangerous speculation that can cause pandemonium sure. and, and people freaking They're out. They're saying it's going all the way up to, like, Chicago, Orlando. Yeah. You know, I, like I, mean, I said, if there is a killer, he's in that group. For sure. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Well, yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. definitely sus, especially since they're all women. I'm just you, you really are convinced the killer is a woman, man. <laughs> I still be, don't know it why It could they be a lady. Me, it could be, could be a gay male. Don't know. Yeah. If there is. If there is. Well, they, they, like I said, uh, right. there allegedly was the guy that was fa- seen at the at the scene of the body, the unidentified body that was this, this guy in a black hoodie, black guy, whatever. All right, so I want you guys to know the bump stock lawsuit. That's right. So at the very last minute, the very last hour, the federal government, Department of Justice, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms decided to file an appeal to the Supreme Court uh, in the lawsuit, the bump stock lawsuit for Cargill versus Garland. So now this case is going to go to the Supreme Court if the Supreme Court uh, decides to hear this case. If they hear it, there will be a trial. There's a trial, then that will become the law of the land. If they don't hear it, they send it back down and say, hey, bump stocks will just remain legal in Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi. But we want the Supreme Court to hear this case. We want to go to D.C. We want bump stocks to be legal in all 50 states. It's not about bump stocks. This is about the ATF. This case says the ATF cannot create a right law. And that's what we want to say. We want the Supreme Court to reign it to to just, you know, to actually, you know, rule on this case to say that the guess what? ATF, you cannot create, you cannot write law and that will protect that will stop the brace ban. That will protect anywhere from 10 to 40 million Americans from becoming felons overnight. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You will listen to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 